All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 383. Jason Lingren is with me, and Dylan Sokosio is back. Uh, buckle your seatbelts. This is going to be a ride. You may recall that we did a recent episode with Athen. I pushed a book, which I think is critical. If, if for no other reason, it's a tool that I don't know how we'd get it otherwise. And I hope people went out and grabbed the worship of Augustus Caesar. Save that thing. Read that thing. Hold it. So that when we get to a point, if we get to a point where books are being burned, people can save things like that because they matter. Uh, we, as far as I know, we don't have a way to know some of the things that are in that book. Otherwise, I could be wrong. But for my part, um, that's how I feel about it. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a surprisingly beautiful morning it is. Yeah, colder than you know what. Here where I am, it's been ridiculous. Shorts one day and then below zero the next. Um, anyhow, let's just jump in and max out. Welcome, Dylan. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be back, and I'm very excited for today. The synchronicities are off the charts, and what you had planned, and what what I want to talk about, and I I planned all of this. This is the material that I'm going to cover is all from Book Four of Spirit World, and this was all prepared before that episode of Athen aired. So this is going to be a really fun show for us. Yeah, tell people where they can get it. I'll put all the links in the comments. It's called Spirit World W H I R L E D. And you can get it on any platform. And uh, yeah. And so uh, just to say a thank you to your audience. And I want to acknowledge you, Crow, because without you, there is no book for. Because that <laughs> first episode, we didn't know it's true. I would have had to do something else because I was in a situation where you know, my jobs got taken away from the Wuhan Wiggle. So when that first episode, we did pop my sales. And my books were selling more than normal for like six months after that. And so it enabled me to... I had a choice to like, okay, do I want to get a job and restart over or do I want to just keep writing? And so I kept writing and I just published a book on July 9th called Get Mad or Get Realistic. And now I'm almost done with Spirit World 4 and it's going to be called A God's Acre for Winds of the Soul. A God's Acre is a beautiful way to describe graveyards when they were celebrating the triumph of the soul and the winds of the soul are an, an interesting way that people described words, like a more, more of a flowery, poetic way. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows how grateful I am to you. And that's why you and Jason will always have an open door for me. You need a favor? Day or night, I'm there for you. Well, keep writing. Every time you do something or you need some hits, come back on. There's not a lot of people that can go down these roads. And I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at. I know some things now that I accept as probably indisputable. But in the knowing of those things, my diapers got tighter. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's cavernous. It's like you're exploring yeah. an underground cavern. Sometimes the paths cross again and you're like, wasn't I already right. here? And then it's like, nope, this is a different no, part you of get the cave. To a point where you think you know a few things and then you realize, and then you do know a few things, but everything else you thought you knew is completely unacceptable. And on it goes. And what I know beyond a doubt now is that powerful interests jacked up the history of our world. And the reason they did it is because if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. They did it because they wanted to become divinities and they needed the calendar that used to be recognized back in a world that we know nothing of. Um, You couldn't be a Buddha-like, a Jesus-like, a son of God, unless you were in the right years. And that's how it went back then. So they jacked the calendars to force that. We know that the Latin, so-called sacred Latin college jacked it. We know the popes jacked it. We know the last two Caesars jacked it. And what might have went on before that? But let's jump in where the rubber meets the road. What age are we in, dude? All right. (laughs) Here here it comes. 
I just want nobody has ever gone on your show and told everybody what the age is, right? Well, we've had exactly. Yeah, I mean, no degree. No, No, I'm going to go. We're going to the degrees of what we're in. Like, all right. Nobody said this is it. And I know it's it. I mean, I accept we're in Aquarius at this point, but go ahead. So in my first book, I did it through observation. So in Spirit World, that was published in uh, the definitions. 2017, I said, it looks like we're in about four degrees of Aquarius, right? Well, since then, I learned where they... this is why language is so important and knowledge is so important is because the more you know, you're going to come across stuff that wasn't even talking about procession, but you're going to pick up on details and go, oh my God, if that's where it was, then I can calculate it. And so in the astrologers, whether Julius Caesar was real or not, the astrologers of his day had the winter solstice at one in the morning on December 25th. So based on where that puts the equinox, I calculated that. And if procession is real, which I am not making the claim that it is because I've never done that work, but according to the 71 years and six, uh, in eight or nine months, so it ends up being 71.667 years for each degree. If you calculate it, that puts us firmly in 3.84 degrees of Aquarius, which means we got there at the very latest. And I was as generous as possible, 1746 AD. Which sounds convincing because that sums to nine and the Hindus taught us that it must sum to nine. I didn't even, I didn't, I hadn't gotten that far into looking into it. I, you know, it was all roughly, but what was interesting to me was that the 3.842 degrees into Aquarius was exactly what it looked like observing. And where are you going to observe that or what time? An hour before dawn. And so for everybody who thinks you observe it at the sunrise, I would just make sure you challenge them and say, okay, well, what telescope do you use that sees through the sun's light and can see the stars? Good point. And if you can't do that, I wouldn't write them off because if they present new evidence, like if somebody breaks ranks, like a Robert Taylor breaks ranks and leaks a bunch of data on all that, on what time they do it, then, you know, I'll change my opinion. But until then, this is a, a, a thing that must be done in the natural world, not seen through the sunlight. And once dawn comes, all the stars disappear. So I don't know how you would measure it unless you measure it an hour earlier and then calculate everything based on where it was and based on the time that's passed. But um, from everything that I've learned, they did it an hour before dawn. And um, going back to one of the things I remember I was listening to you and you were talking about the Chaldeans. And you're like, I don't know if Dylan thinks if they're a priest class or a people, and they're absolutely a priest class because they were in former areas like Bactria. They're in all these places in India as well as Persia. But the reason they're associating with Persians is because the Persians won that religious war. And so the Persian empire took over and that religion is what took over. And so they got absorbed by the Persian empire. So that's why they're looked at as Persian, but they weren't an ethnicity. They were a priest class. So you're saying... You're you're saying 1746 ish, which does some to nine, and you're saying we're just over three degrees in, so three point eight four two. So there used to be this idea in in books like the ones called Kali Yuga that have been written over into English, so that we can speak and think about it. And they would claim that in the same way, the modern zodiac, when you see astrologers go at it, they'll say, "Oh, you're at the beginning of Sagittarius. You're not quite in. You're transitioning in. And then when you get to that middle deck, and you're solidly in Sagittarius. And then as you move away, you're leaving Sagittarius and you're transitioning into Capricorn, that that 
same thing is applied by the old Hindu ideas in the Kali Yugas that at an age change, there's some number of hundreds of years which translate you in, which is why your number is interesting. Your number is interesting because it sums to nine. So that fits what I know to be correct, having learned from the Hindus who probably have the longest cycles hidden away wherever they have it hidden away. The second thing is if that was true, we go 1746, 1846, 1946 would have been 200 years. So we're pushing closer to 300, we're at 250, whatever it would be. And if I remember correctly, the Kali Yuga transitional period was 300 years. Do you have anything to add on that? Okay. So I do have something to add, but not in the context that you, because A, I, I, nobody lives long enough through these ages to determine it. So everything you, you, in order to figure out these patterns, you just have to look at history and have accurate historical events that you can relate it to. The problem is what is history, but something that is just defiled by myth. There's no culture in this world has, that has an accurate history. It's all mythology. And something you said, um, I was going to save for later, but you said it. You, you referenced something and you said Kali Yuga. And this is something you put me on to, bro. So don't get upset if, you know, how many Caesars were there? <laughs> Lord knows we don't have an accurate history. We I'm, know there were I'm, some. I'm, no, 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 no. Officially, and you're gonna the light is gonna go off, well, and you're gonna I, be like, I can't believe it. I'm not sure I can answer that. I mean, we know there's 12, Julius, we know there's 12. Augustus, right? There's twelve Caesars. And how do you come to this? That's that's the status. That like that's the status quo. It's not like I'm not saying like that whether that's historically accurate or not, but that is the status quo. And one of the things that you taught me, or that you made me like look deeper into was the mythology of Italy and how it's all astrotheology. So when you look at there's 12 Caesars, well, I was looking at Caligula. And when I said it out loud, I almost, I, I just can't help but noticing it sounds like Caligula, Caligula, Caligula. Oh, wow. And then you have Julius. Well, what's Julius known for? Aside from all the historical stuff, the calendar you're talking about. Those were, that was during his day at 46 BC, right? They changed the calendar to start back at the Yule. And that's Iulius, right? Wow. The Yule, which wow. comes from Iul, which comes from Ilios, the sun. And so then you have something we're going to talk about today, the Neros, that 600-year cycle. Well, there's also Nero, uh, Nero Caesar. And... This is really interesting to me because the Caesars chose their names after the primary pantheon of the Norse gods, the Asir. That would be like Odin, Freya, Thor, Hoder, Balder. And when you look at that phonetic, that Sur, you know, Asir, Sir, Lord, Rock, God, King, it's all going to go back to Surya in India, the sun. And ironically, uh, my last grand grandparent just uh, passed away last week, and her last name was of Caesar. Her family, before she took my grandfather's name, which is of Troy. And so, there's an interesting mythology in Italian history and Italian names, and I don't know that any of it is friggin' real at this point, because when it, I see it encoding the zodiac or the at least the concept of the ages of creation. I my, I just can't help it because I just remember listening to you a long time ago saying how like you know the brothers are clearly Gemini and 
on the other side of the zodiac, you have the lupus and all this other shit. And it's like, man, it's all friggin' astrology. It's all myth. And as a matter of fact, uh, the worship of Augustus Caesar, the book, um, he'll tell you that Troy's a myth. It's poppycock. And what Jason and I did at one point was showed that Ovid is a put up. It's a book written by a Roman for Romans to attach them to a heroic time of which we know nothing, which is the same of Homer, supposedly written before the Roman period, which is the same as um, Virgil. And by the Mm -hmm. way, go look up how many ways there are to spell Virgil, but you can find the roots of 9-11 in the Ennead. And we've covered these things. And it's true. It's all myth, but it's it's all sky clock myth, all of it. And there's a commonality in the era we're talking about because it's all sun. And so what we find is there was a period when a year was broken up better than we do it now because the moon was used. Moon does a better job of showing what a month is and breaking out a year. Now the sun doesn't do such a great job. And we get these weird things like this month has this many days. And by the way, you're going to need a leap year and we can lay this at the feet of the Caesars. But the story we're told that lays it at the feet of Caesars, complete poppycock. This is an agrarian society. Even their supposed history wants you to believe that they're owning and operating places like Egypt to get the grain. That is an agrarian society. There is never going to be a time when they wake up in June and say, why is it snowing? Our calendar's jacked up. Now, the claim is that's exactly what happened. What's actually going on, and from my money, what's actually going on is powerful men are trying to become all powerful. In other words, if you look around the world right now with Covidius minimus, someone is trying to take over the entirety of this world. These men did it first. And actually, these aren't the first men who did do it because we know of people like, uh, what's the forebearer of Egypt there that left all the Ptolemies? Um, uh, what's his name there? Val Kilmer played him. I can't think of his name. Emesis? No, the great. He left Cleopatra's dynasty, supposedly. Uh, Alexander. Alexander the Great was the first guy to do it that we know of, and probably not the first guy to do it. And so when you get up to the Caesars with the history, and we, we can see the writings, and even in the book I just referenced, they'll tell you that the Sacred Latin College was busy dicing everything from everywhere, rewriting it at that time. That's a long time ago. Caesar makes a run to be a god, and he pulls it off. But did he pull it off before he died? Who knows? But he got killed. But you know who did pull it off? Augustus, his heir pulled it off, went full God in his lifetime. And that's one thing that the book we've been referencing uncovers, um, how this was viewed and how much it was worshipped and not here, everywhere, everywhere. In other words, complete takeover. Covidius minimus comes to mind, aiming for everywhere. And so these men changed our history, changed our calendars, changed our division of the year and left us where we are. That's as much as I think is demonstrable. I don't know what you feel about all that. Well, so I have a little bit different take. It just basically, when I look back at history, and we're gonna, we can go over this because there's a lot prepared. They've never had it right. And even in my new book, one of the things that I say is the only thing these people are consistently good at is being wrong. And because why, they only exist in mathematical equations. Yes, they are going out and observing the real world. But when you start calculating all these these ages and stuff, it, now you're dealing with math. And I will say that Julian Calendar, nobody who had a hand in creating that lived to see it go off its reckoning. 
let me interrupt in the book Augustus Caesar, he goes so far as to say the jacking of the calendar had gotten so bad in Josephus's time. And everybody knows what we've said about Josephus. He's an insider baseball ninja that may not have even existed. He went to the Julian calendar that said the only way to fix what's been done is to go to the Julian calendar. The book Worship of Augustus Caesar agrees with that and says ADBC was one of the biggest mind screws of all time. Sorry for interrupting, but I think it's important. No, I mean, it's true because that wasn't even done until after that period. It's not like AD happened and all of a sudden like, okay, we're starting at zero. No, this all coincides with the Christians burning the library of Alexandria, closing down all the mystery schools of the Hellenic world and kicking out all the philosophers of the Roman Empire, getting them the hell back to the Orient. And what happens is the church takes over that institution. And that's the thing that nobody really wants to look at because you don't see this stuff really happening until the third century AD. And that's another story that would take too much to explain that. Provable story because the first basilica is St. John's Basilica of what we call modern day Vatican area or Holy Rome, which it's neither. Um, They took the doors from the Senate of the old Curia of the old Roman ancient empire where the Caesar supposedly ran. They took those doors and they put it on St. John's Basilica, which is the first big Vatican building. There's, there's your proof in the pudding. The place that made the laws became the Basilica, the place that's making the new laws. Yeah, that's awesome. You're learning me. I didn't know that. And so, you know, like when I, when I look at this, so like you look at that Julian calendar, the reason that that calendar was awesome is because it makes it for the average Joe not to have to know the star cycle. So just based on that calendar, you know where the sun is, where the seasons are going to start. And if you have that calendar, like we do with our phones, we don't need to know the cycle of the sun. We know what time of year it is. The problem is, is after like 1500 years or whatever, that's now like 11 days off of its reckoning. And they're like, we we can't keep, we can't change the church holidays. So they got to solve that problem. So then enters the Gregorian calendar. And to think, I honestly, I'm kind of in awe of that people without technology, if that's the case, they may have had technology. I don't know. But astrologers in an era that long ago could create something that lasted that long where none of their progeny would even live to see it messed up. And then eventually they had to readjust it. So the holidays still matched up with the symbolism and the time of year. And when you look at how the Gregorian calendar was adjusted, it went from being 365.25 days and then 365.2425 showing you if you are not exact, 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 eventually you are going to be off that reckoning. And so what for me, this is like a little wink from God, in my opinion, I kind of get a kick out of it because it's almost like God created a world for us where nothing is exactly perfect. And that's why the calendars were all wrong in the old days because you know, places wanted to assume it was a perfect circle that the sun was making. So they assumed there was 360 degrees or 360 days, only to find out that it's not a perfect circle. And that is kind of like the mystery. And it shows you why like certain cultures like the Indians and the Celtics, the Druids and all that, they had a Matonic cycle that was better than what Maton came up with. And there's evidence from that all across the UK. A perfect circle would inscribe a repeat of cycles every time the circle was inscribed. So in my opinion, it has to be an imperfect circle so that you get what they call procession so that we have changing. But the Julian thing that you laid down, I hope nobody's missing that the Julian calendar is named after Julius Caesar, one of the first men to deify himself, but he got killed apparently. If you go to the Naval Observatory, 
which keeps time in this world. They are tracking in Gregorian and Julian. There's your first proof that Julian matters. If you go get the freeware uh, Stellarium, you will have the option to track in Gregorian or Julian time. So to this day, people are using the Julian calendar. And just to make the fine point, Dylan, so people don't think we're just grabbing dudes at random, there was an effort more than once, and this is well-defined, better than I've seen it anywhere in the worship of Augustus Caesar by Del Mar, to change every month. It's been done a number of times, but it never stuck. Now, the person who made it stick, and I don't think it was Caesar, I think he was probably already dead, and they turned him into a god posthumously. He had his apotheosis, but his heir, Augustus, who is 15 years off the numbers of Jesus Christ, just to let everybody know. And the people who changed those 15 years are the Latin sacred college, college, and then later certain popes, Gregory 13 being one of them. To get to the point, in a month, you can still see Dec is December. It's not 12, that's 10. Oct is October. That is not the 11th month. That is the eighth month back in this time. That's why it's called the way it's called. Originally, they all did that. They had a name that told you where they were lining up starting with the first of the year in and around March, what we call March now, or the spring equinox. Two months stuck. Julius gave us July. Augustus gave us August. Then they turned around, they added a couple months, February and January, which were not in the lineup. And if you go to the book we've been referencing, you'll see the number of the month that was replaced when the two men who went to deify themselves, one successfully doing it in his lifetime, apparently, um, they changed the calendar. And if you know what a calendar is for, you will further understand that it's the sun and the way we do things now. The moon doesn't matter in the way we do things now, since probably the Roman Empire. I don't know if Dylan has better insight. Point is, when that happens, you're saying the sun has 12 stations now. It used to have 10 stations, but now it has 12. And I'm, I'm with you. It would not surprise me one bit to know that there were 12 Caesars to back the changing from a 10-month calendar to a 12-month calendar. Anyhow, that was a big mouthful. Well, no, I think you're, it, it's, it's, everything you said is great. It's just I don't think it's as sinister. Like I think that I think the Ju- the Ju- from what I can see, the Julius Caesar calendar, whether he was real, whether it was just the culture, whatever, it improved everything because of the fact that what you just said, the sun does matter most. Like the moon is good for keeping time, right? There's going to be 30, it's more accurate at predicting a year. But the problem is the moon does not tell you what time of day it is. And it does not tell you what season it is, right? The sun tells you what time of day it is and what season it is. And the further North you get from the equator, that is like, it changes on the day. And so it's like so close to what is actually going on in the the actual nature that I think it's a good thing because it's hard for man to conceptualize nature. It's kind of like time. All of this is a man-made construct to try to keep our place in nature. And so if you know what time of year it is, that is how you're going to survive. I don't hate on it as much as other people because I know just looking at me, I could never do that. I would have to sacrifice so much of my life to gather that data that I'm actually grateful that somebody did it, even if they're a little bit off, right? just because it's like, I could never do that. I'm with you. And we probably couldn't find the sources, but my problem is this. And by the way, this is the story of China. What are all the movies coming out of China? Well, we had all these warring factions and this really savage dude from this province called Qin. He whacked everybody and he unified China. Therefore, he is great. 
This is the same story told over and over. Alexander is doing that just at a bigger scale. Julius Caesar is doing that just at a bigger scale. Augustus pulls it off in his lifetime, apparently, uh, at a worldwide scale. Someone right now with this COVID nonsense is doing it again. There's my sinister side. Who the hell are you to claim that you were gifted by God to be in charge of everything? And the other thing I would point out is the whole idea of a calendar. You know, how long has it been since we were sleeping and the sun came up and everyone said, oh, it's daybreak, <laughs> you know, time to get up, go to work, up, oh, sun's going down, must be close to dinner. Um, you know, the reality of things, that's what the calendar jacks up. Yeah, it does. But it also, like I said, when you can know what time of year you're at without having to know the positions of the heavens, just because somebody created a man-made calendar that basically keeps time with it, even though it's not exact, that is a mighty nice convenience if you're like a farmer or if you're in surviving, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a slippery slope. But like you said, that there is a control structure behind all of this, right? And so even if there was a real Julius, right, and he's just named after the sun, like King Louis, the sun king, whatever, it was still going to be the, probably the priest class behind his assassination. You know what I mean? Right. What if Shakespeare invented him? Yeah, you never know, man. That, that's what I'm saying. This is what is so interesting about all this is it's all defiled by myth. But going to like the cult you see now, this is why I don't respect, like a lot of people look at like these people and revere them as like something special. I just look at them as like beta male feminine freaks who can't compete on the physical plane with actual masculinity. So they gather in these little secret cults and they do everything covertly because that's how women communicate through subtext, covertly, secrecy. That's how they compete. So I don't respect these people because they're always wrong and I can prove it. And my next book will prove it. They've never been right. They've probably never tried to be right. That could be it too. That, that very well could be it. But I also think there is a degree of survival that, and like, if you think about it from a king, like, so I try to have empathy for rulers, even though I understand like all the conspiracy stuff. Imagine getting the Roman empire, Crow, and the priest class is just like some freak, like Dr. Fauci or something, but in a priest version comes to you. And he's like, all right, Crow, here's the keys to Rome. By the way, like nothing is actually accurate and none of the history that the people <laughs> right. believe is real. Right. So what should we do? And you're like, oh my God, if the people ever find this out, they're going to kill everybody. Well, just keep them, give them the religion, give them all that. Just give them the games, just keep them busy. So they're off my back and let me run the country. You know what I mean? Like I can see there's like a human error to this that doesn't want to deal with the monstrosity of lies and all kinds of stuff that's been created by people who simply just can't say, we don't know. Hey man, get, getting off heroin is the bitch, like one of the biggest bitches in the world. But once you've done it, the world is a new place. That's exactly. what I would say. And I get you. Yeah, man. Nobody wants to be overrun and have their family murdered and lose all their wealth. You know, that's that's part of what it means to be a human being. But the point is, is this has been going on longer than we can even tell. It's going on right now in this world with COVID and what it's at the bottom of everything we're talking about. It serves to do a couple things. It serves to keep us cleaved free of nature. That is the biggest underlying root problem. Because within how the world works, there is no lie. And every time we come up with a calendar, we've invented a lie to describe a thing where there is no lie. Now, as we go up through all these things that we construct, we get to the point where we forget who and what we can be. And that's really at the basis of all of this. 
because a realized human being is unmanageable, unrulable. And every system we've ever heard of is about how are we going to be ruled? As a matter of fact, you could make the argument that every law and every form of government that we currently exist under is a direct throwback to Rome, or at least that's what they'd like us to believe. And Rome is a throwback to Troy. There it Troy is. is a throwback to Babylon. And that some of them don't even exist. <laughs> They're not real. That's what like I'm saying. Troy. Like I've, their astrology, right? Right. And when you understand that, like Mount Ida is Mount Zion, is, uh, is Mount Meru. So ask, so ask, ask the simple question. Is Troy real? No. Is nature real? Yes. Is the sky clock real? Yes. So there it is. So we've made up a lie to encode the reality and it's no different than calendar. Guess what? We just had a year, but our calendar's a little off. So get ready for a leap year. And by the way, this month we're going into only has 28 days. <laughs> you, know? you know what? You know, well, it's going to get funny. Do you know what Troy means? What? Three and one. Troya. Right? So mm. there's the there's the trimuti. Interesting. One God, three forms. Right? Does it relate to silver at all? Uh, no. Why would you think silver? Because of the Troy ounces. Oh, oh, because of the Troy ounce. Well, yeah, it does. In, in the way you're describing it, it relates exactly. That measure is attributed to that period of myth. Yeah, yeah, but not like uh, the like the the language. So, and then what's Rome? Well, Rama, right? What's Judea? It goes back to India, Ayodhya, right? Yuda, Judea, Ayodhya. This all goes back to India. All of it. Every single last one. And this is why language is so important. And I know it's like the most boring thing to learn. It's not sensational. It's not. Behold, Tartaria on flat earth in the pyramids and ancient generators. It's not exciting. It's boring as hell. But if you're going to see through the lies, you need to know language because all of this stuff is in older languages. And if you can't at least transliterate them, you're going to have a harder time finding what you're looking for because you can only go to English and these modern languages so much before you realize that some of these languages were dead for over a millennia, just kept alive by the scholars and the like, right? Like, think about. Going back to Mount Meru and all that stuff, they'll tell you, what does Jerusalem stand for? They'll say, oh, it means country of peace. That's the biggest load of shit that anybody's ever said. There's never been peace in there. <laughs> and Jerusalem, if you, how are you going to know what that means? Well, you're going to look back at language. You're going to see Hair, right? Hairo, sacred, holy, and Solomon. That sounds a lot like Solomon. What's going on here? It also sounds a lot like Sulam, ladder. Holy ladder, sacred ladder. We'll turn that Freemasonic tracing board on its side. Look at the nice Tropic of Cancer, Equator, and Tropic of Capricorn that it makes in Jason's ladder or Jacob's ladder going all the way across. That's the sun's ecliptic, the way, the straight and narrow path. And what is in the middle of that Ionic pillar that the Ionians, you know, that come from the Ionians? Well, I is interchangeable with Y. What do you got? You got the Yoni. India, the Yoni and the Linga, that's going to be the obelisk and the Vescapicis. The sacred feminine, the sacred male. And there, there's no, I, I don't think there's any disputing what you're laying down. What, whatever the reality is, it, it resides originally in India. At least that's as far as we're going. And there are so many things in India that people who become familiar, it is unfreaking believable. There is actually a temple which is based on cymatics and these granite columns and sandstone columns carved out of stone, the whole thing have different resonances. They've carved the cymatic patterns in, but here's the kicker. They have this ring, 
like a chain that they've cut out of stone. The top ring is granite. The rings that go down from it are sandstone. That one thing alone tells you what it could mean to be a human being and what it means now. And we are below diapers. We're, <laughs> we're not only messing ourselves, no one's cleaning us up. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is like, sometimes everyone always asks me, like, do you think there's like a, an enlightening period? And I'm just like, um, looking back at history, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, and now I just like, will joke and say, yeah, when Crow 777 has as many monthly subscribers as Joe Rogan has made off his Spotify contract and dollar bills, then I'll, th- I'll admit we're in uh, an awakening. So then I don't see <laughs> not, it. Not in our lifetime. I don't see it. <laughs> yep. You ever tried DMT? Yeah. I mean, but why do you think I called it spirit world, baby? I did ayahuasca for like 16 hours, like in like less than 38 hours or something like that. And I started seeing things <laughs> and that's how I passed over. I passed over on my own. I didn't have to go through the mystery schools. And that's why they hate people like me because I can see through it. I started seeing language differently. I started seeing it like refrags your brain. I don't know how to explain it, but I think like what they said is like it melts away dead neurons that your, your body sets up like block off traumatic memories or whatever. And then all of a sudden these pathways start opening up. And what happens is you start seeing things and my pattern recognition, like got over the chart. Like now my IQ, I I only got like a 1020 on my SAT. So I grew up people thinking I wasn't that smart. And then now my IQ is like, you know, less than 2% of the population can be maybe like some Chinaman and like a handful of Ashkenazis, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I, I always DMT say that stuff. people get pissed Uh-oh. off when I say that Paul, Paul Simon, <laughs> Paul, Paul Simon addressed in a song. I, you know, when I think back to all the crap I learned in high school, it's a wonder I can think at all. It's true. Yeah. It's wild. That's why you do got to take care of your vessel. But what you end up seeing is that all these languages are in fact the same language, just dressed up different. They all share the same, like 16 letters. If you look at like, you got Jupiter, Jupiter, right? What's Jew in Greek? You, you die, right? You die. So look at, remember, uh, Vei, you did the old name of Rome, V E I I. Well, if you drop that last, uh, I, it just becomes V E I. Well, what is that in reverse? It's the first three letters of Yova or Tetragrammaton, Yod, Hey, Vav, I, U, E. And so that word, Yova, is Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, it's I, E, U, E, right? So that is where this all comes from. And that all, the root of that is God, Yah. I A to the, so I E, it's pronounced Yah, like they transliterate J A H or Y H, right? So in Hebrew, it's going to be uh, Yod He, Yah. In Greek, it's going to be Iota Ada, first two letters of Jesus' name. The Syrians, they were known for like replacing certain things like P's and V's, uh, B's, um, the E and uh, H, they replaced with like, that would be the hey that they replaced with uh, iron, which is like an O. So ya or became yo. So then you have the Latin yo or Joe or IO. And that's why in some cases you have IO being female, like Jupiter's wife. And then in some cases you have yo being like the Latins, yo, yo, triumphe, right? And that's an old name for Bacchus, triumphe, tri, three, and umph, om. That's got the om in it, sacred god of India. You have Omphalos, which is the navel. You have the Delphi, which is the navel. You have the Yoni. You have the Vesica Pieces. You have the Argo, the ships. That's the ark. It's shaped like a womb, like a, like a vagina, like the, the Yoni. That's where a lot of this religious conflict, and you guys have talked about the sun, whether it's female or male. It's hermaphroditic. 
it's always been. And so the way you syncretize that is like, you can go to like, even Herodotus said Mithras, right? Mithras is the mediator. He's like the Persian son. That was the same as the Assyrian Venus Mileta or Urania. Same as Arabian Alita. Uh, you have Proclus. He describes Jupiter or Zeus, because that's what they call Zeus in the Greek world, as being a man and, a, and an immortal maid. You have um, the Orphic verses that make both the moon, or the moon is male and female as well. And then you have, um, and translates, uh, Zeus was born male. Zeus has been the immortal nymph or bride or maid, right? So all things were contained in the womb of Jupiter, because this is how even like Shiva, there's look up the archetypes of Shiva. That's hermaphroditic. You know, you have this three God in one. You have Brahm, which is going to be like the creator, and it gives way to Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, which were the three portions of the year, right? Same with Noah, and then you have his sons, which are the three portions of the year, because the year was divided into thirds back then before uh, they added autumn. Autumn used to be part of summer. Because of seasons. And that changes the first time that I see that changes Christianity. It becomes all male, except ironically in the Vatican, where there's the idea of Mother Mary. So they're, but they're still echoing back to ISIS. So you're right. Um, And I don't doubt for a minute that the sun is both um, as a creative force. It would make sense. Um, But we do have a moon as well. But again, um, I don't think it matters. When you start to get into the ideas of Saul Invictus and Mithras, you really begin to realize what they were thinking, right? What is the actual light of this world from their point of view? Well, it's the light of this world. What creates all the heat, all the life, all the plants? Well, there it is. You're looking at it. It's in the sky. And what the Vatican set about doing was so detrimental because they blew everybody's minds and our minds have pretty much been blown. We can't think anymore. How is it that if someone tells you what's the light of this world in reality, you can't look up and point at the sun? Because if you do that, you're a pagan or somehow you're going to burn it or whatever you're worried about. You can't recognize what is so blatantly obvious in your face. No sun, no plants, no life, no warmth, darkness. You know what pagan comes from? Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of work on it. Yeah. So for those who aren't listening, let me just say this because that's a, that's a huge insult. Right. People, pagan comes from the Latin. Pegus, which means village. So Pagani just means villager, where pagan comes from. So I would ask people who are listening, who are going to insult pagans, who's more connected to God and nature and the natural cycles of the world? Someone who lives in a village and is in nature all the time, or some Roman bathhouse freak show senator, you know, who's diddling little boys with the priests and, you know, knows nothing about nature, right? That's the rub, Dylan. That is the rub, because there is where the human soul has to be cleaved away from nature so that the mind can be blown because there is no lie in nature. And those villagers know it. Yep. They know when sunrise is, they know when midday is, they know when it's winter, they know when it's the equinox. They know they're connected to the truth of the creation. What the Vatican had to do was go and cut people away from nature so they could take their artificial mind-blowing nonsense and begin to impose it. And it is basically mostly imposed through fear. Um, and then through generations, that fear just becomes rote. Most people will probably think they're not afraid of anything, and yet they'll accept that they burn in hell if what the man in black told them is not executed or done to the letter. And this is the mind blow that we're in. And you know, when you do things like ayahuasca, that's the spirit of nature. That's a plant that was created not by a man, not by a woman. And the truth of it is undeniable. And that's why it's against the law. Because like the calendar, it has to try to control that which is uncontrollable. So the only place they can control it is in your mind. 
which is what COVID is doing in the world right now. Well, you know what I want to say about the, the entheogens? Uh, a shaman told me, the one that, that I worked with, A, he left Peru because all the tribes down there are using it to engage in spiritual warfare on each other. But he also said, I'm not going to name family names because I don't want to be liable, but certain powerful families are all doing it together in their covens and trying to influence the world and the astral astro planes, if you will, and manifest those designs here. So that's exactly what the ruling class does is they give the masses religion and stuff to hold their minds back and stunt their spiritual growth. Right. So like if you were to say this, a religious person is going to be like, Oh, that's of the devil. Ravenous wolves. I tell you, you know, and they, they, they can't accept the fact that maybe your creator put shit in this world for you to interact with the will of creation. Just maybe, you know, and they have turned everything good that regard regarding nature into they've inverted everything. And it's no different now, like even NASA. How do you think NASA knows all this shit? They can predict everything precise because they are the priests of Apollo. You think they just had like a an organization for like 40 years and got all this knowledge out of nowhere? Yeah, right. They couldn't predict all this stuff if they didn't have the priest class work. That's a fact. Yeah, this is like, this is serious. This is people, if you're listening to this, this is way more serious than you even have an inkling about. And that's why I recommend my book, Spirit World, because they can bring you up to speed so you don't have to sacrifice your life like I did because I would give anything for somebody else to be doing this work so I could just kick back and read their books and not have to waste my life doing this. But I did this because I didn't see anybody else doing it. And there's a serious problem in our country is circling the drain. I don't care if you ever know language or anything. If you can just get the point that all history is tainted with myth and that all people in the ruling class are working in a cult together, and they always have been at the behest of the priest class, if you can just grasp that, then maybe we have a chance at people saying, fuck this, we're done. Get, get all these religions, get all these priests, get them all out of here. You have no business in government or anything. But people won't do that. It's going to get worse in our time. Yeah, I'm convinced that they're going to make claims on people that have been modified, have taken yep, that that's shot. That's what the mRNA is for. That's right. They're going to claim not you. Natural. Because, that's right. It is not natural. That is the ultimate cleaving from your creation, allowing a privately held corporate product to modify what makes you supposedly a human being. But let's get quickly into the into the cycles for a minute. And it's never been lost on me. Like every time people see the South American calendar cycles, oh, it's so intricate. Look, they're all like spoke wheels. Why is there so many of them? How is it that there aren't so many of them? How is it that we only have one and it's the sun? How is it that we ignore the moon? How is it that we're not really quite sure when an equinox is? How is it that we are so lost in time? And this is the example I would give. Some dude builds a machine because everyone needs shoes and clothes. And he says, I got this machine that'll automatically build shoes, but it won't build pants. So this other dude builds a machine. He says, hey, my machine can build pants. So now we've got two machines. One gets us our shoes. The other one gets us our pants. Another dude comes along and says, oh, mine builds jackets. You see how that works? It's no different than the sun and the moon. It's just a chief knockoff in an effort to explain that the sun does not do what the moon does. And so the moon has its own cycles. And the reason we ignore the moon is because those lunar eclipse cycles 
were critically, critically important back in the day. And we've touched on this called the 223, the metonic cycle. Um, these are crucial. As a matter of fact, I'll go so far as to say that the 911, whatever the hell you want to call it, mind warp is drawn directly from lunar and solar cycles, the metonic cycle being the lunar lunar side of the ones and the nines in the 911 game. You want to get into that while we've got a few minutes left in hour one? Yeah, well, well, I want to blow your mind and some audience's mind. You might already know this stuff, but I guarantee a lot of people don't. So there are stone circles in Ireland, right? One of them is called Bas Boudin, and there's a corruption of that called Baskoon in Cornwall, UK. And it's got 19 upright stones because the Irish and the Indians had the metonic cycle and the Neros more accurately while the Egyptians, Greeks, and Jews were still trying to conform to a 360-day year. And the reason this matters is because it literally means the foundation of Buddha. That's why you have King Bud in your mythology, right? And that's why, what's another name for Buddha? Jana, the Jains, Jana, Janus, Janus, Ya, and Anus, the year, God, the year of God. This all goes back to India, and I can prove it in every language and multiple symbolism. It just does. It just does. India was the root of all. And what's ironic now is India will actually tell you to your face that they have no written history. How's, how's that possible? Well, I would suggest to you that's possible because of Rome, because of the British Empire. These are the people that took everything over and owned and operated things for a period of time. And in the same way, the Sacred Latin College set about rewriting everything that differed with the calendar they were reinventing so that people could be gods in their lifetime, like supposedly Augustus. Uh, He wasn't quite on the money, so they had to sink 70-some years. And then the Latin College had to manipulate another 15. And this relates directly to the story of Jesus. And the problem is, is that our world, our Western world is so jacked up that most of society is not ready to think about what I would lay down if I went down the road of talking with Dylan about Aish Krishna, which is all the way back in India. It's all a knockoff. What does Krishna mean? What does Krishna mean in Hindi? Go ahead, but you know, black. Just, yeah. Black. Exactly. Hare Krishna, the, the, woolly, the, black the woolly hair. Right. Always described those those sons of gods back in the day, always described as having woolly hair. And it comes up through time. We have the black Madonna and there's all these things, but I don't, I don't want to go down that road. So many people are just not ready and they come apart at the seams when they're forced to examine their most cherished held belief systems. They get there on their own dime. That's where I'm at. I'll, I'll show the paths anytime you want to see them. But to get back to the cycle, not only did we lose the cycles of the moon, uh, it is so blatantly obvious. You know, you sent me a thing on the turtle. There's a good example. Yeah. The moon, <laughs> the moon almost always illustrates what's going to happen in nature. If the horseshoe crabs are coming, you know, it's the moon. If the Great Barrier Reef is spawning, you know, it's the moon. And you sent me this thing that shows about the divisions on a turtle's back. Hit that to demonstrate. Yep. So really quick in the first hour, if we can, maybe because to get into the Soros to build off what you were talking about with um, Athens. So ironically, there is an islet in the uh, called the Echidnes. Uh, Echidnades, I think it's pronounced, but it's from Echidna, which is means she viper. And that is the serpentine aquatic archetype that many of you who do some of these entheogens will interact with for sure. And, um, but the other 
word, uh, meaning. So like Soros, it has multiple meanings, right? In Greek, it also means entombed. And I've seen the claim that Serapis comes from Soros Apis, which would be the entombed Apis or Apis, however you want, you know, that's where B comes from, but it used to signify bull because ultimately going back to the hieroglyphics and stuff, it all means king, ruler, lord. So the word Soros literally means entombed coffin. And anytime you're dealing with entombment, you're going to be dealing with the winter sun or the winter solstice, right? It translates to a uh, cinerary urn. That urn is in sat urn, right? It's rest. It's like uh, in Saxon, Saturday is Seterdag, the day of the seater, the day of sitting and rest. And so another, if you were to just philologically tweak Soros to Sauros or S-A-U-R-O-S, it's going to mean lizard or reptile. That's where you'll see at the end of words like dinosaur, right? But Soros is also a, like a movable frame that the coffins carried on called the beer. And that's what the Jews carry their dead to bury on to the burial. So you see this in like Irish festivals that are only done at night called La Sora. And the reason this is important is because this symbolism is laid up in the word Saros, which is the cycles that you guys are talking about. and from what I can tell, the root of that or the derivation is from the Hebrew word sor, which is pronounced uh, not to be confused with Lord, but it's, uh, if you were to spell it, it would be shin, ein, resh, right? And that means revolution or measure. And so the old Irish called it siora. And if you look into their language, it's inseparable from Hebrew. English is inseparable from Hebrew, it's inseparable from Sanskrit, it's inseparable from Greek, it's inseparable from Latin. They're all inseparable. And it's fascinating because you see a lot of this symbolism, like they've determined that the Neros is um, 600 years, right? And so that's what they used to, to, that's what would be like in that book you referenced that he calls the Zodian, right? The sign. So that would be what, now we have it at 2180, right? Or like it's, uh, sorry, 2160, but I think it's like more accurately like 2152 or 53, depending on the year. I'm not sure about all that. That's just what the official people say. But they used to believe that there were only 10 ages. And this goes back to conforming the zodiac or the cycle of the sun to only 360, like a perfect circle, if you will. But if you look at like old writings, Berosus used to have the Soros considered, uh, he had it at 6,660 years. And so the Neros, making up 10 of those, each, each one being a, a tenth of that was at used to be thought to be 666 years. So that's where that beast number comes from. It's a number of the sun starting a new era, a new age. And so eventually that whittled down to like, like, oh, remember when I, I I've gotten this wrong on your show a couple of times because I have a hard time translating my thoughts. But I said that the, the Arabs, even all the way up to like the ninth century AD, thought it was called the eighth sphere and thought what it was is like a pendulum. When I was previously on your show, I made a mistake and said it was like 840 years. No, it was six centuries. It was 640 years. They believed it to be the Neros, but they didn't know that it goes all the way around the Zodiac. They made the assumption that it, it processed, processed for 640 years and then went back for 640 years. And so that was wrong. And this goes back to like going back in history. They've always been wrong. The age is not 600 years or six. And 
at before six before they settled on 600 years like isaac newton and suidas they thought it they thought that the lunar months amounted to 18 and one half years of the saros or 222 moons that has since been upgraded to 223 moons but like we were saying pre-show you knowing that that value in that book you recommend is you knowing what people believe at certain times will help you know what they're encoding right and so we've talked about jesus's old monogram or bacchus's old monogram what the name Jesus is derived from. It used to be Upsilon Eta Sigma. Jason, do you have that text that I sent you? The one of the Greek numerology? Oh, yes. I think we're going to have to roll this into the second hour. We're okay. right there, aren't we? Yeah. All right. So let's let's wrap up the first hour here and we'll pick up, keep that in your mind, Dylan. We'll pick up there. Yeah, I got it. Also, there's another thing that I want to get into the second hour pulled from the worship of Augustus Caesar is his claim that when we were in a 10 zodiacal division or a 10 month division in a year, uh, you used 2,160 years for each sign. And that when we went to 12, it went to 1800, which actually mirrored a couple things you just said. Um, they're interesting ideas, but anyhow, that brings the first hour of, uh, episode 383 with Jason Lingren and Dylan Sicoccio to a close, join us on the other side. There's going to be a lot more to get into. Um, these are the kinds of things that will blow your mind, but I'll ask a simple question as I wrap up. Is there a lie in nature? Is there a lie in the sky clock? Will the sun come up at the exact moment it's supposed to tomorrow? Will it set that evening at the exact moment? And now I'll ask the same question. Is your calendar accurate? Are the men in black who run those religious institutions infallible? Is the Pope infallible? You know what the truth is. And this has become the problem of our era is we've been backing the wrong horses when the truth has been around us, the entirety of our lives, the truth has been surrounding us. Anyhow, join us for hour two at Pro 777 Radio, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. Hope to see you all over there. And I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.
the enemy of knowing.